Hello, welcome to our episode. What episode is this, Jared? Episode four. Episode four. A new hope. No, no. Episode oh, four. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, but that's but that's not important right now. Uh, with me, Ian Reed, uh, digital yeah. digital guru and digital maven who likes to push a lot of digital advertising on people, uh, and Jared Butts, who is yes. not only a radio person. I'm, I'm a, well, I used to work in advertising. I used to work in advertising as a senior writer, and now I happen to be the host of uh, a radio show. The morning yes. show. The morning, the morning show. Sorry. What did you call it? The morning show. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's now called it's now called Platinum in the AM. Platinum, Platinum in the AM. AM. It's one hundred three point five FM. Right. So I'm going to put a link to that stream. So you guys who are not within the Caribbean who have happened to listen to this. Um, Jared plays, uh, plays some awesome music in the morning. It's very inspirational. And he also does so, some crazy, crazy shit when he's ready. <laughs> yeah, I, I, say some, I say some crazy, I say some crazy stuff too. Yeah. And then, but but uh, that's not important right now. But that's not important right now. Um, yeah. Okay, so what I'm saying is, is that uh, we've got a lot of positive feedback. We also got some, some other feedback. I wouldn't say negative, but we do have people who we're trying to help us make this a better promotion. We still are. And that's what we want. That's what we want it. We want it to be. We always need. There's always room for improvement. We can always make it better. That's that's the important part. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I'm saying, uh, you just what you're gonna do is you're gonna just put us on, and you do a little clean house, wash your car. I mean, I can't say you're stuck in traffic because these days there's not much traffic. But you, if you are stuck in traffic, at least you know we'll we'll. And this is Jared's forte. We'll keep you company while you're in traffic. So I hope you not only learn something from us, but you kind of you know you kind of be entertained a little bit. I think we want to be more entertaining than 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 serious minded. Um, yeah, so. yeah. That that's the that's the point. That's the point. One of the one of the things about it is we want you to we want to educate you a little bit. Uh, without sounding too pedantic yeah. and we also want to to entertain you just a little bit um you know with with our with our offbeat sense of humor yeah. so that that that's one of the the, the the main objectives of 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 this little podcast and we're still we're still ironing out some of the kinks yeah, yeah we would and uh we're working yeah. with the limitations we are being in lockdown because we're still in right. lockdown because of the unspecified virus from the unknown location. Yes. And that and that and that unfortunately is what we have to deal with, at least at least at this point. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Point. Um, so things will change. Uh, we are talking about maybe creating a little tip jar situation. So if you'd like to contribute, we're not we're not asking people for money. That's that's not what we not what we're doing. But if you want to help us, you know, maybe invest in another microphone or something, that we're all for that. But um, yeah. details for that to follow. So I will. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, later. That that's not that that's not that's not important right now. <laughs> but that's not important right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Good. So today, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about the death of long form copy. Now, people will be going, hey, "Who's that? Who's that? We're you talking about there." All right. So copy is what people. What, what what you write for press out. Uh, it's also what they write for radio scripts and so on, but it's generally known in the advertising world as the, the text that goes into the ad. Exactly. And in the old days, 
way, way back when advertising was in its infancy. Infancy, infancy, in, oh, I can't even, you have me out, Jared, in its in. Advertising, advertising in its halcyon days. And, and by that we mean, <laughs> yes, advertising in its halcyon days. By that we mean um, any, okay, let's, let's see if we can cast our minds as far back as say, um, the 19, from the 1930s, right up until, say the 1990s, the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, so this has been going on for, for, for several decades now. Yeah. Uh, the art of copy was to come up with a, a headline that will grab your attention. Yeah. And then you, you come up with, with, with some copy that's, that's equally compelling. Now it's a story. You said yeah, it's exactly, you're telling, you are telling a story. You know, because you come up with a headline. It was yeah. in the newspapers alongside um, yeah. 10 people died in a train crash. Exactly. So, so it, it provided a little bit of a dis distraction for you, but also sold you something that you would be interested in. So it had a lot of work to do. Um, and and, and it, it, it required a, the word smithing is what, we, what the word would use. We'd use word smithing. Would we use yes. word smithing? But you so, also had to come up, the headline had to be compelling yeah. and it had to be a surefire retention grabber. Yeah. So you could come up with a headline that says that your wife is more exciting than snapshots of your wife. Yeah. And people, and first of all, now you're going to ask yourself, okay, what's this all about? But then you see the headline and then you see, you know, the photograph of, of a beautiful woman with her, with her hair, you know, uh, and, and she's just, just washing her hair, so to speak in some mm -hmm. stream or something like that. And then you finally realize, okay, so this is about film. This is about the quality of, of, of photography and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you come up with a compelling headline and sometimes uh, less was more. You could be, you could be a student of the, uh, of, of the minimalist versions of these ads. You could come up with a, with an ad with just um, one headline and that would say enough or an, a headline and an image of something. Like, a, like that of a little child that was used to great effect in a political campaign back in the 1980s. Oh, yeah? Which um, one was that? That was a Reagan yeah. campaign. It wasn't a Reagan campaign, actually. It was a, it was a local campaign. But it was... It was a, oh, but, you, mean, you mean local Trinidad, local? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Really? Okay. Yeah. This, was used, this was used back in the, in, 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 in the middle of the, uh, of the 1986 general election campaign. You yeah. had a picture. You had an image of a child a child's face, uh -huh. and beneath the image, you had the caption, vote them out, please. That was all you needed. Wow. wow. And that was all you needed. We've, but, but the sad reality is in, in today's advertising, people are no longer interested, or it seems as if people are no longer interested in the art of long form copy. So, I think we've and, lost the, the create. We've lost the ability to to effectively tell a story. So there's a famous. I think Ogilvy had a famous line. For somebody could come and jump in and correct me. Ogilvy's line is, "Don't sell the steak, sell the sizzle." Right. So the sizzle in a in a in a press ad back in the mid century, if you want to use it that, is that yeah, the they, they would yeah. they would write they would write a. Uh, not an essay, but you certainly don't see those things again. You don't see that kind of copy again. Let me see if I can read 
um, from an ad that I saw. The headline is, this is for, um, what was this for, boys? Oh, yeah, this is for learning how to fix TVs. This is back in 1973. The whole right. neighborhood wondered what Frank Mallon was up to in his workshop. And there's a picture of a man fixing a big, giant CRTV from the 70s, you know? But the copy, I found it very interesting. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the first paragraph because it's about six paragraphs, right? Right. Word had it, he was up to something mighty peculiar. And that line grabs me because immediately it's a story that I'm going to read. And when he didn't show up for bowling practice one Wednesday night, the Wabash Cannonballs, that was the name of his neighborhood team. That was the name of his team, right? Got it. I mean, you're just caught with this thing. This is, I'm not even in market. This market doesn't exist anymore. Nobody no. nobody's interested in, in fixing TVs like this. This is, you know, this is a different... This is a different well, ad, oh. ad historians, ad historians love that kind of stuff because... Yeah. It, it, it tells you that in, in, in those days, what you needed to do, yes, you needed to sell the product, but you also had to give people a reason as to why right. the product, right. as, to, as to why the product was so, stood out head and shoulders right. above the rest. Right. And I don't know if it, well, it has a lot to do, it has a lot to do with, with, with our culture these days, mm. because we look at, 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 a particular, at a particular item, we see it, we want it, uh, for example, you no longer no longer do we have to if we're advertising the latest iMac. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't really have to show to say why it works or how it works. Yeah. They just show you they just show you the image of the iMac, the latest iMac, yeah. which I have to say looks absolutely gorgeous. What a new one! It looks, it looks nothing. It looks nothing like the 1998 uh, predecessor. Yeah. You, 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 you're, you're familiar, for those of us who, who grew up with it, uh, you're familiar with, the, with, with, with with a particular product and you want to buy it. Yeah. But what's lost now is, you know, the, the capability. What makes an iMac an iMac? Yeah. Now we're no longer interested in why it works or how it works, but we're just convinced that because of, it, of, its, of, of its brand name and because of how good it looks, Mm -hmm. We are going to purchase it no matter what. Uh, is it based on on that alone, or is it based on our on our on our own uh, notions of of what we had before, of what we read before? Because I can remember back in the day, um, especially in, in the in the late nineteen nineties, there were quite a few ads that didn't display a lot of long form copy, but they at least told you why you should get yourself a you know. A vin, a, an iMac of that, of, of that vintage from the late 1990s. Mm. So just to give an example of, of, what, of what it's all about. So it's just a, a straight case of saying, okay, we're gonna come up with, a, with, a, with, a, with an image on, on, on press or, well, it's not press these days, but it's more like, um, you know, you, you, you watch a Google banner, you, they flash an ad in front of you yeah. and that's it. That's supposed to, that's supposed to do the trick, yeah. but I don't know. I think I think there's something there's something lost in 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 the message. I mean, the message alone is should not just consist of an image and a headline. I think it depends on it depends on the on the on the time. It depends on on the tenor of the times. Yeah. You know, people. I think there, there's 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 an old line from 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 a book that says everything old is new again. Yeah. So maybe 
maybe um, somebody in the ad industry is going to come up with a revolutionary idea. And maybe that revolutionary idea is to somehow go back to the form of long copy. And maybe that will get people interested. Maybe that will make people want to read it. Well, that that is going to bring now into what I'm going to talk about our uh, next, our guest that's coming in in a little bit, um, Mr. Jason Dukaran, is not an advertising writer, but he is a long form writer. He's a freelance writer. Um, Let me see if I can um, pull up his bio. He has a nice bio here. He says, impressive. It is impressive. Self-employed writer, amateur game developer, personal finance enthusiast, techie traveler, and make a side hustle into a full-time, made a side hustle into a full-time game. So Jason Dukaran is a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours. And he was yes. interested in coming in to talk a little bit about his experience, not just as a long-form writer, but his experience in the orbit of what constitutes good marketing and advertising, because it kind of affects him a little bit. But we, we wanted to kind of segue this into not just long-form writing, and, and as you said, we need to start telling stories again in the advertising. We need to be more creative in the writing, because one of the things that Google advertising is insisting on is that when you see a Google ad or you see a Facebook ad and you click the link to go somewhere else, that experience cannot change. So you cannot, you cannot click an ad that looks blue and then go to a website that's all red in the simplest of terms. You will lose the sale, as they say. So the right. advertiser needs to know that if I see an ad that says, uh, okay, let's use, let's use your political ad in the 1986 as an example. If, right. I see a, if I see a picture of a crying child and it says, what was the headline that they used? Vote them out, please. Right, vote them out, please. That's right. a call to action, right? So you say, click here, find out more, whatever it is. When you click here and you find out more, you're not going to go to a PM. Okay, sorry, I didn't want to call. You want to go to a political party's website that starts talking all about, you know, our manifesto and blah, blah, blah. It needs to follow yep. on. The story needs, I need to find out the rest of the story. Who is this yep. child? What does this child mean? Why is this yeah. child? Da, da, da. So the, the long form copy of the landing page, what we call the landing page, has to yeah. has to bring me in and sell me into why I should a, give you money for your campaign, vote for you, whatever it is. So it's a it's a chance to pitch the 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 the, 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 the sale. Now that is that's advertising at its core. That's what we know. But when it comes to blog writing. Um, Google also has a thing called search engine optimization. So we, we bring in Jason, we start talking about him writing long form copy, but it's important for Google because if you start doing a search in Google, you get a keyword and that keyword is what you would have written in your blog. So people will find your blog and read your blog and click ads that are on your page and you make money and whatever. So it's a whole ecosystem, but that, that, that's not yeah. really important right now. No, it, it, well, no. So we, will, we, we, we don't know how much time we have left for this, this particular Zoom call because we're poor. Um, so what I'll do is I'll bring on Jason now to introduce himself. And um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, I think that's, what I want to do is I'm try to do two things today is the freelance thing and the writing thing. And it's kind of two disparate things, 
but there is a bit of a con connection. I have some stories to tell as well about both those things. So, um, okay, well, we can't exactly do it in the long form copy given given time constraints, but we understand. All right, so I'm gonna ask Jason to jump back on. Okay, hi guys. Hello, Jason. Jason. What's to, up? I'm fine. I'm fine. Welcome. Good, to, good. Oh, that's good. not important right now. Of course, it's important right now. Jason's not important right now. Jason is not important. I, I have you are, you are a previous guest. Goodbye. No, 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 just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Jason, yeah, so I was I was listening, talk. I was listening to the um the, the discussion that was going on when wait, I was wait, muted. Jason, before you start, before you start, uh -huh. um tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Okay, please. so um I actually trained as a surveyor. So I did engineering in university. And um, I started doing freelance writing around 2012 because and this is um, probably the funniest story ever. So around right. 2012, I moved into a new apartment and I was $10,000 in debt because I had to buy furniture. Good and boy. while I was sitting there and I was thinking to myself, OK, how do I get myself out of this hole? I that this was at the end of 2011, so the start of 2012, I made a New Year's resolution and that New Year's resolution was stop, be poor. Right, and <laughs> the best yeah, way to do that, <laughs> the best way to do that was to utilize what skills I had, and one of the skills that I had was I was extremely good at writing and conveying complex ideas simply. So I took on writing like um, science and tech-based articles because that's that's part of my background, and it sort of took off after that, and after about. Uh, seven years, I decided to turn it into a full-time thing because I was making more money part-time than I was doing full-time at the office. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> Jason, you have some very good articles. I was reading some of yes. them this afternoon. Oh, oh thank you, know. thank you, thank you. Yes, I spent yes. yes. a little bit of, yes, a bit of time writing about them. Yeah, one of the things that struck me is this freelancing right for me. That, that article um, was very well written. I think uh, you should give it a, a read. Jared and I again were in the same position. You we were forced to freelance. Mm -hmm. Well, in my case, I did. I wasn't forced to freelance. I actually found so myself in a situation forced, where I was better to... off freelancing than I was working on either five. So, okay. So yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, you told you had a funny story about having to survey somebody's land. Who's land? Is yeah, yeah. There's a. I, I can't give names. Um, names mm -hmm. names have been removed to protect the innocent. And... Got it. <laughs> da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But um, they, I have quite a lot of hilarious stories when it comes to surveying. There's, there's, there's quite a lot of them there. But if I start talking about that, I'll spend the entire the entire episode talking about surveying. So yeah. I suppose we should probably move to um to to, to what we were trying to address. Well, yeah, we want to talk about we want to talk about obviously freelancing. Right. But one of the things I want to bring to the table is is that I had a conversation with a former student. Yes, I used mm -hmm. to teach graphic design and cost that. Mm -hmm. uh, years ago, and even though it was an enjoyable experience teaching these kids, mm -hmm. <laughs> kids big grown-ass Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it, it was so. a bit, it was a bit tiring because I understand. I give props to all teachers because the amount of paperwork that you have to do is just, it's just ridiculous, you know. And they just kept adding more, more things, you know. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, that's not important right now. What, what's important? <laughs> Is that this former student called because she she had an opportunity, she's freelancing, mm -hmm. not by choice because well she she had a full time job, 
but she's afraid that she will probably lose the job because of what's going on with the unspecified virus. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so she she's got an opportunity, but she 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 doesn't know if she could go full freelance. Now I just read your article about it, and I'm going to send it to her. But I my advice to her is stay with the ship for as long as possible because right now. My advice to anybody right now is to stay with the ship for as long as possible. Yes, they will be slaving you, they'll be hitting with a whip, you want to cry, you want to kill people, whatever. But right probably now, and I've been told this by two or three other experienced people who are in jobs that they are not happy with. Dude, I have to stay here because I cannot take the chance. There are various other reasons. I mean, Jason, you would probably say, that's BS, you should leave. As I said, if it, I told her, I said, if there wasn't this thing that's going on right now, I would tell her, yeah, go right ahead. But because of the situation that we're in, where we don't know what's going to happen in the next six weeks, we're waiting. Don't, don't make any, any serious decisions for like the next six months. You know, wait until things kind of, well, what do you think? Well, okay. So in this situation, this particular situation where this unspecified virus is causing these unnameable things to happen to these <laughs> unnameable people. We um, You're looking at an uh, economy that is not really that strong. Trinidad's economy has never been really that strong, and this has probably put one of the last nails in the coffin. So um, as far as whether it is you'll be able to hold on to your job, holding on to your job is not the issue. I mean, people, people like seeing it as the issue because it's something tangible that they could hold on to, but that is not the issue. The issue is that if the economy collapses, everything collapses. We're talking yeah. about uh, you could have 10 grand inside the in, inside your savings account and from today to tomorrow, that 10 grand with as much as toilet paper. Because yeah. it's not the first time it's happened. It's happened in Latin America and multiple places in yeah. Argentina, in Peru, in, yeah. in right next door in Venezuela. That's that's kind of how things went on. Like from yeah. one week to the next, that's like yeah. the, the, the collapse of a currency happens in the space in the blink of an eye. And the thing is like sticking to your guns as far as holding on to a job. When I look at jobs, like today when I look at a job is a different thing to how I would look at a job when I started working. Because uh, let me tell you, when I got that job as a, a, in that surveying office, I was out of a job for about a year and a half. Mm. And that was during a time when the economy was not in such a terrible situation as it is now. Mm. And when I landed that job, I was in... Uh, it, there was a very good chance that I would have lost within the first month if I did not um, understand what was because, like like most professionals in Trinidad, when they hire a new guy, they throw him into the deep end and see if he swims. Exactly. And if he swims, then he's pretty he's 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 welcome in the company. If he doesn't swim, well, they get rid of him and they hire somebody else. That's why turnover is so so high in certain professional um certain professional industries in this country. Yeah, well, but we know, uh, we know that yeah, yeah. Our, our, our yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's typically how they treat our, our most people. of my contacts I met at the agency because they only lasted three to six months. Mm-hmm. So that I'm talking about if I was there for ten years and I and I, every six months it was a new guy. I right. Know uh, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so the thing is, the thing is, when you're looking at when you're looking at the strength of a job, like uh, okay. In her case, she has a job that pays her from a month-to-month situation, and you're thinking that you have job security. But when you think about it, from today to tomorrow, there's nothing not stopping your employer from telling you, hey, pick up your stuff and go home, right? Yeah. And I mean, this 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 unspecified virus, I've seen a lot of people get that get that that, that short end of the stick now. Yeah. They, 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 they come to work one day, and, they, and um, their, their manager or whoever comes to them as like, well, yeah, you surplus the requirements, go home. 
Yeah. Right? And, and at, at that point in time, like you're going to be thinking to yourself, you know, I should have hold on to that opportunity from a freelancer's perspective. And this is, this is something that a lot of freelancers will tell you because both myself and my wife freelance. And one of the things that you tend to realize is that uh, a job, as in a long-term, a long-term job, is yeah. an exception, not the rule. Yeah. Right. And when yeah. you generate, like when it That's is you true. get into a get into a, a professional relationship with a with a client. Like I have a client that has been using my services for probably about four years at this point. They would they were there back when I was part-time in, and they've still they've been using my stuff consistently over that time. Mm-hmm. And um like because of them, I get access to, to, to places I would not be normally able to publish, but I have to publish under a pseudonym or I have to publish under somebody else's name. It's a ghostwriting. Yeah. Right, but right. in in that case, it's not it's not about whether it is you're getting acknowledgement for your publishing. Is that the information gets to the people that need to get it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, in in my opinion, that's how it goes. But that's that that long term thing. With it takes a lot more for a long term client to 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 to, to, to jettison you as opposed to somebody who hired you and paying you from month to month because your month's production this month might be different to your month's production next yeah. month. Whereas yeah. their need is constant. Yeah. So. No, this actually is a lot of a lot of information. Maybe we should come back to this, you know, like at a at a maybe, at a, maybe, maybe. Because, <laughs> because I don't want to overwhelm you guys with it. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good, and there have been a lot of requests from people. And one of the other things, Jason, is how do I charge for services? And I think oh, okay, there's there's actually that. well, that is a okay, big, so. What we should do, what we should do is another day when you guys need a need a guest yeah. to talk about freelancing in particular. You all come yeah. and check. Right. I'll, I'll so, come and I'll you out. Good. So guys who are listening, <laughs> yeah. sorry, we didn't want to we didn't want to make build you all up and then leave you all hanging like Ryan Johnson and, and the last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just had to do that. You just had to do that. Oh you my god. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, we um, we will come back and stick to this because this is a very good point, and I want to want to table this for another time. Okay, but, but I want to want to segue that into um, the, the experience of this writing for somebody else. Oh, okay, it goes right, and then so, yeah, so when I first started out, I had no content to my name. In fact, there's a funny story. The first month I started writing, I took on a contract that saw me doing five thousand words a day of copy. Not not um not advertising copy, but words. Yeah. So five thousand words a day, so probably about ten five hundred word articles, which right now I could probably crank it up with fifteen minutes time. But uh, back then it used to take me about half an hour to forty five minutes to do a fifteen a five thousand five hundred word article. So I would get on? home. What huh? were you writing on? What, what was it? Uh, the, the topics varied. Topics varied from um from uh review on things like processors and hardware for computers going all the way down to breaking down scientific articles published in journals into everyday speak but these are things that you had experience with before or you are you were just you had to learn this on the fly i had to learn how to do this on my own because i knew i could write i I knew i could break stuff down but as far as writing these articles this is not something that i i learned to do The, the only experience i had before this was writing writing um writing essays in GP. 
And that, that was the last, that was the last bit of, of, of essay type stuff that I ever had to do. Now with uh, the internet, it's much easier because you could actually look up stuff that you want to mention and find references to those things and that kind of stuff. Like I heard you mention SEO earlier. SEO is a lot more complicated than you mentioned, but yeah, I'll, um, that, 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 that's not important right now. We're running a little bit of the time here. So what we'll do is, um, we will probably cut it and then I'll come back again. But okay. Because we want to continue. We don't want to don't want to go on for like three hours. But yeah, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want mm-hmm. we do want to cover. What I want to do is I want to get into the idea of getting people to understand that the marriage of blog writing, what mm-hmm. is called blog writing, is married into marketing a lot deeper than people realize, because. When people don't seem to, at least clients don't seem to understand that, a, that the same search that they do brings up results that they could themselves could be involved in. So, for example, you just said technical review. If, mm-hmm. you said, if somebody searched for latest mobile phone for 16-year-olds, let's just say that, that that's what they're looking for. Not right. saying that's what they are your article should come up first because you wrote an article about a phone that your 16-year-old that you bought for your 16-year-old. And that's essentially what the system is. That's the gaming of the system. So what, what I'm trying to get a lot of more writers who are working within the ad industry to start doing is to start really seriously considering the, the, um, looking at going back to this long-form writing where you are telling, and, and, and if, if it is about a phone that you bought for your 16-year-old, that's a personal story that people will be interested in because as Jared and I realize, the emotional part of it is what's going to hit you, right? Exactly. So, Jared, I don't know if you want to jump in quick. So this is what, so, so you see, again, this is, what, this is what I was saying earlier on. Everything old is new again. Mm. So you find a way, if you're, doing, if, you're doing, if you're writing a blog or anything like that, you've got to come up with a compelling story. You've got to come up with 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 something that's going to sell. Doesn't matter if it if 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 the if the subject matter, or rather if what if, if what you're writing happens to be a blog, or a political speech. Once you start to personalize it, that is when you get the attention of the prospective consumer. That's how it works. Well, um, to to, to interject, the thing is with with modern SEO. Okay, so what you guys mentioned there is. Uh, probably about three iterations of the Google SEO algorithm prior to today. Because today's Google um, SEO algorithm doesn't focus that much on keywords. Yes, keywords are important. But uh, today's SEO um, search focuses on what's what they term um, intent-based search. So intent-based search is a funny, it's a, it's, a, it, it's a weird situation because you don't look at keywords because uh, Back in the day, well, I'm pretty sure that you guys were around uh, um, the, the dot-com bubble when they had all these keyword stuff and things going on, right? We so remember. I remember that, right? We remember. Right. So back in those days, it was a matter of just sticking as much keywords as possible into as small a space as possible. And your search engine would pick up those things and direct people to it. It no longer works like that because Google released a series of updates to their algorithms starting from 2014 and continuing to today. And every time they update their algorithm, the algorithm demands new things from um, site owners, right? So like as a blog owner, you would use something that would help you determine like, okay, so for example, one of the things I do is I manage blogs for uh, 
about about close to 30 or 40 legal offices in the United States, mm-hmm. right? And um, they usually have a schedule for posting. So posts need to go out at a certain date and time and they need to be posted every day or every week or whatever, right? But when posting to those blogs, those blogs are WordPress backend. So I'm not sure if I'm aware of what WordPress is. Of course. Well, I, yeah, but John has an idea, I do. All right. So, I may have an idea. I may have all right. So WordPress is basically a blog and content management system where it is you could post your long form content as you were mentioning and images to go to your long form content because one of the underlying things that fuels Google's SEO search algorithm is um, images within the the text, but not just the images because there's this thing that when you post an image to a web page, the image also has what's called alt text attached to the image. And if you are looking to put your keywords and your intent out there to your, your audience, you also want to ensure that the, the alt text matches with whatever you are putting out there. Then there's a featured image, which also needs to take into account what your keywords are and what you're writing for. What you said about long-form content. Long-form content is a very important part of marketing that people miss because people focus on social media marketing. Social media marketing and long-form content marketing are two different sides of the coin. As as you obviously know, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> and like the whole thing about uh, blog writing and writing for a particular keyword is, you write for the keyword, but the keyword only needs to show up between four and five times in your text, mm-hmm. right? The average that you're looking for within your keyword, there's something called keyword density that they used to use to calculate SEO previously, mm-hmm. right? Back in the day, keyword density was, I think you had to be like between five and 7%. So what that means is that in the entire content of your text, between five and 7% of your of your words should have been that keyword. Today, that number has dropped to 2% to 5%. If you go over 5%, it yeah. counts as a keyword stuffing. And Google will yeah. penalize your site for that. And pen- yeah. penalties yeah. means that you would drop from the front page of results all the way down to like 20 or 30 or something, and nobody's going to visit your site. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a serious thing. And one of the things that Google does to ensure that people maintain proper, like the, the reason why intent-based search came about was because people were trying to, like you said, game the system now. And to game the system is by using keyword stuff and keyword place into particular situations to force to force the, 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 the algorithm to read it in yeah. such a way so that it would direct people to it, even though that is not what people want yeah. Yeah, in because- their search. Okay, so Google's situation right now is that their, their philosophy is they want relevant engaging content. They are too much of the touch. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get too much of the because I mean, it's yeah. It's interesting where you would say Google is what now because Google, uh, Google's yes. algorithm is in a continual state of, of learning. Mm-hmm. So this, what you're talking about there will probably change next year again. It so, will. So the... So the, the what you call it the, the bar keeps moving the goalpost keeps shifting and and I've always told people who okay so I, I had a request uh, la, a couple of weeks ago um, mm-hmm. can you can you help with the SEO of this website and and I'm like okay but I really I, I don't want to suggest to do SEO for you I think it should be a total marketing audit because yeah. it, it's not just SEO. SEO is just the tool, one of the tools that are part of, you know, the whole gamut. Overall digital marketing, correct? Right. So as you as you said before, we took the break. That it, it's not you don't rely one hundred percent on SEO. No, to you can't. So to do so would be would be really trying to cut Jello 
with with a you know a Chinese jello with a fork. I don't know. You know, it just, <laughs> just uh, or chopsticks. <laughs> it's it's basically not covering all your bases, right? Exactly. That, that that leaves you open. Right. And and the so, thing is like, and I see this a lot. There are individuals that do audits for their SEO, and they just do SEO audit. They don't do audit for their methods for their landing sites or their methods for anything else. So yeah. it's just their blog, and they just do an audit for their blog. Fine. And then you go through the blog, and you pull out their stuff, and you tell them, well, this need to increase. You need to check your um, your keyword density and this and whatever. And then they complain that after a couple of weeks, well, they're not getting the content. They're not getting the 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 the, the volume of visitors that they expect. But yeah. SEO by itself not gonna give you those visitors. SEO is something that you maintain. Once you get to a point of being within the first page of results, you maintain that, yeah. right? The hardest part is to get into that first page of results. So, well, it, it's kind of similar to when we used to when 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 a person question Jared knows who the person is. We used to keep screaming at us. <laughs> I want this viral. Ian, you're not making oh, this God. viral. <laughs> Flashback. Flashbacks. Oh, God. <laughs> I want this viral. Why can't right, so I have this viral slamming your fist on the table? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Talk about innovative. Good Lord. Words. You know, it's just like SEO. We're just throwing keywords out there and hoping something is <laughs> You know, because the idea is, is that once I put something out there, immediately somebody's going to see it. You see? But so so it, here's, a, here's a shortcut to virality. And this is something that... Uh, Okay, so we all know the phrase that there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Do you guys agree with that phrase? <laughs> I do. I do. As Oscar okay. Wilde once said, if there's one thing worse, if there's one thing worse being talked about, it's not being talked about. <laughs> that is true. But yeah. if you want, if you want guaranteed virality, and I mean like virality that'll end up on pages all around the internet, it's very simple. You just do something wrong. Because uh, the thing, the thing that no, no, this is this is true. Because um, I'm pretty sure you guys remember the advertising campaign that um, that um, KFC did for emancipation last year with Ooh, the with the drumstick. Yeah. yeah. That, so that, that actually made really it bad. on the pages that I follow, right? And I'm looking at this thing, and I have to tell people, yeah, you know, there's a Trinidadian meme, right? And they, and they're like, where the hell is Trinidad? Because they have no clue where it comes from, right? But I mean. Like that shows you, you do something because the internet is a, is a strange place. If you do things all right, That's you are going to be, you are going to be at the top of people's search results. Yeah. But if you do things all wrong, you're going to be all over social media. Uh, <laughs> and maybe that's what, and maybe that is, that is the thing. So, so would you say then Jason, that uh -huh. in some cases, in some cases, the mistakes and the cock-ups that people make would would that be deliberate on 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 a company's point? Sometimes I've thought so, but there are times where it's blatantly obvious that the company has no clue what they're doing. Like uh, that ad, where that that emancipation <laughs> ad is a good example because they issued an apology afterwards, yeah, of course. right? But when it is a company does this on purpose, and you tend to find that, especially in modern digital marketing, because modern digital marketing tries to replace the stuffy idea, the idea of a stuffy corporate identity with something that people could reach out and have a discussion with. Like, for example, um, there are there are screenshots of social media, um, social media. Um, Accounts on Twitter roasting each other. So, for example, when these roasting yeah, um, Burger King or Papa like John's that. and Burger King and those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, 
one of the things that modern digital marketing has promoted is the idea of the brand as an identity. And the identity of the brand makes the brand personalized. So, so it, it, it assigns a personality to the brand. Well, and so brand you, personality you know, goes a long way. Jason, you hit the mm-hmm. nail on the head right there. That's it. That's yeah. it. But that whole thing about, like you were mentioning long-form advertising before, let's circle back to that. Because that thing about long-form advertising and a persona for a, a, a persona for a brand. Brands that tend to focus on persona-based advertising tend to neglect long-form advertising mm-hmm. and vice versa, mm-hmm. right? Because um, as a writer, one of the things, well, I've signed up with several writing boards. And because of that, I tend to get quite a lot of inbox spam from companies that are trying to send me writing, writing courses now. Right. And one of those companies um, is actually pretty good at what they try to sell, but they sell it using long form writing. And they are too, when I did research into the company, because I want to find out if they were a scam or not, right? When I did research into the company, I realized that they actually do have quite a lot of people who just buy into their thing because of their long form writing. Their conversion rate on email is ridiculous, probably about 60%. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself that that has to be like a, a, an anomaly or something. So mm. a little bit more research and I realized that long form content tends to convert more because it gets people invested in the idea of the particular thing yeah. that you're selling. Yeah. Right? right. Whereas um, short form content like a Twitter post or a, a TikTok story only goes for a couple seconds. And after the couple seconds, nobody have no idea what the brand is. Nobody has no idea what they're talking about. And there's no, there's no memory of what went on during exactly. that entire 10 seconds. So yeah, Which is where it comes, exactly. back to, it comes back to what Jared and I have been saying when it comes to, and this is, this is the ad man. But this is, about, this is about misdirection. It's about misdirection in terms it of, is. It of, is. of trying to get, of trying to get um, somebody to, to notice what the product is about. Like, um, I said in, 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 in one of our earlier episodes, um, one, of the, one of the greatest ad men ever was a fellow by the name of Ross Reeves. And Ross Reeves was talking about um, an ad, an ad campaign. Uh, this was back in the late 50s, early 60s. And the ad was about selling um, cigars, Swedish cigars. And uh, it featured a, a very beautiful woman selling the cigar. The thing about it is a lot of people remember the woman. But they didn't remember, remember the cigar. cigar. What do you remember the cigar? Yeah. And that's and that's <laughs> and that's the thing, because he always said because one of the things that he always said that he always stood by was to make the product interesting. Always make the product interesting. Not the person selling it, but the product itself interesting. And I think that leads into the story that I wanted to tell about long form writing way back in the day when we were doing ads back in in the agency. One of the things that we used to do a lot of was, was the dreaded advertorial. Um, yes. Now, advertorial as a word doesn't exist. That's a made up thing because I've, I've put it into Google and Google keeps trying to ask me if I'm talking about advertising. I don't know where advertorial that word comes from, but, but we used to use this word. I mean, especially when you remember when the garden used to be the tabloid size. Remember yes. That? Oh, yes. 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 So in those days, you <laughs> used, used to do this full-page tabloid size story about the company. So when RB, when, R, when Royal Bank became RBTT, mm-hmm. they did a giant advertorial talking about the history of the company and so on, and that was an ad. Right. So it's an ad that we bought space in the papers for, mm-hmm. but it's essentially a giant PR um, essay. Camping. Right. right. 
so, so one, the, the, one, of the, yeah. one of the one of the the things that I remember very clearly was that we had to do an advertorial for Ramesh Lawrence Maraj, who's now the attorney, when he was the attorney general. Mm -hmm. yes. His office came to the agency and said, we need to put an advertorial in the papers talking about the achievement of, of hanging Dolcedi. That, that was the brief. Dolcedi had just been hung. They had just done the whole Yes, hanging. I remember that. That was way back in 99. That's right. Remember, those who don't know who Dolcedi was, Dolcedi was Capo de Capi of... of of the, 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 kind of like kind of like the character's version of Pablo Escobar. Yeah, he was he was sort big. of sort of. He was big. Sort now, of. Not, not going into the details of that, you could go and Google yeah. it, you know. But when he was finally, he and his guys were finally hung. His estate had reverted to the to the government, and the attorney general decided to turn his house into a rehab center. I and I was just staring. I was staring at the account executive who came with this. I was staring at him in absolute shock. I'm like, are you serious? They want to make this a big deal? They want to PR the fact <laughs> that they're in somebody's house? No matter, you know how many people might have died in that house? You know how many things illegal happened in that house? You're going to turn it into a drug rehab center? I, I, I don't know. It was just ironic. And I think Trinidadians have this thing about irony. They love irony. The irony. Really? really? I don't think we had a. I don't think we have a gift for irony. No, no, no. But, uh, we don't. We don't. We don't have no, a gift for irony. We don't have a gift for satire. We're using this house anyway. So remember, <laughs> the writer who was writing this was leaving the same day. He had quit his job. So this was his last job, and he and I were. The, the, this job. is not because of the art, right? No, not no, because no, of the no. <laughs> he had gotten a job of the islands. He had gotten another okay, job of okay. the islands. And All this right. was his last thing. And he and I drinking alcohol and we basically having our time with this ad. And, and we're just like, why are we doing this ad? And this is a Friday evening too. Why are we doing this ad? But we ended up doing the ad. It ended up coming out. It was published and everybody was happy and smiling. But but, but the thing about it is, I, I was like, those one, one of the few advertorials that I remember as, one, it's a government-sponsored thing, because it's the Office of the Attorney General's government, and governments love to do advertorials. They do. Two, two the, the, the writing was, was, I don't know who wrote it originally, but he had to do a lot of rewriting. And it was, it was obviously very much about, you know, the, the, the greatness of the the greatness of the government doing this. In, in, in other words, it was just it was just another it was it's just propaganda. Propaganda, yeah. But but what I'm saying is I don't see that kind of thing anymore. I still see it. The government still does it. Does it. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. The government still does it. We still see World Health Day or whatever it is, the minister. <laughs> of health. So yeah, that's what yeah, I'm National Porcupine Day or but, something like that. <laughs> but okay, so I, don't I know see you say that kind you of long form advertising outside of the government because we used to have private companies who used to do that, you know, who used right. to, to, to PR themselves and doing these things. I don't see that much anymore. A lot of that, a lot of that long form advertising is no longer long form advertising. They switch over to things like sponsored content because, uh, like, a lot of those brands realize that they get more recent, they, they get more click throughs from sponsored content than they do from long form advertising. And the reason is because uh, digital advertising moves away from a lot of words into a little bit of words, right? They want to be as concise as possible. That's why, in like long form content, 
is a dying art because writing long form content requires a lot of research into something. Like the average long, the average content that I write is about 500 words. That's about one page of content, right? And most places go for one page of content. Whereas occasionally you will get uh, an article that asks for 2000 words or 2,500 words. And those tend to be the ones that need to get people to buy into their idea yeah. all the way down to the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in that case, your idea is to tell a story, as I said earlier. Right. Because yeah. the only way you're going to grasp somebody is to tell a story. Yeah. Now, storytelling for ad writing and storytelling as regular storytelling is two completely different things. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, with one, Absolutely. once you know one, you can do the other. Right. Mm -hmm. Once you could tell a story in one format, you could tell a story in any format. Yeah. Right. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it is either Ian or Jared decides to write a book and the book is a bestseller because they have the art of storytelling. The art of storytelling is constant across all forms of the art. Yeah. However, when you are telling a story for long form content, you have to know where to introduce your emotional pulls, what they call pain points. I know, I know you know this, this term, pain points, mm. right? Where you highlight your, your, your readers or your, your audience's pain points. Mm. And you focus on those pain points. Like I was making the example earlier of one of the places that sends me writing stuff. They like to sell the idea of working for two hours a day and retiring because you're making all kind of 5,000 or 6,000 US dollars a day. Now, yeah, it's possible as a, as a copywriter. As a copywriter, it is possible. But the amount of effort you need to put in before you get to that point is completely ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Let's be honest here. You could do it, but it is it is not something that you can easily do. Yeah. Right. But point taken. If it is you're looking to do something like copywriting and you're looking to tell a story in a long form content, it requires you to be able to plot the long form content. Just like a story, you need mm -hmm. to plot it. You need to know where it is your pain points are, where you introduce them, and mm -hmm. how it is you link that back to the particular mm -hmm. product you're trying to sell. Absolutely. And that's a so, very good point. That's a very good point. It, it, and again, coming back to why, why social media has become such a, a draw for brands and for marketing people is that they don't have to take the time to do that. You don't no, they don't. To. So, so what you do is you tell the graphic artist, just, just do this visual for me and put all of this stuff in it and we'll write um, 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 buy our product now, whatever it is, some, some generic looking copy. <laughs> or, or, or even coming back to even the question about um, that, what you, you pointed out last year about the, the uh, emancipation they had. I mean, the, the idea of publishing um, uh, a greetings they had on social media is that. Or, even, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Is that even necessary? You know, because it's such low hanging fruit. I it mean, is, it's it so is. easy to do. I mean, it it's is. in the sense of. It's it's already it's already it's ready made it's a ready made product yeah. So all I have to do is just get a ship on just the horizon. Water, right? No. You can be a particular company. You can be like a particular company and say and say you know um, Happy Corpus Christi on 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 Indian arrival. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's a meme but about that. I I, I, sat down. I sat down on Indian arrival day morning. And I, I looked, I said, you know what? Let me do an Indian Arrival Day ad for redesigns.pr. And I started doing it. And I just got vexed and I closed the window. And the reason I got vexed was it just sounded so... Um, forced? Cliché. Forced. Trite. 
it's not because I didn't have a good idea. That's a very nice idea. No, no, no. But uh, what what you described there is basically you are aiming for the very lowest point that you could get. Exactly. And you're getting there. And I mean, exactly. like, uh, in such a case, you don't pat yourself on the back because, I mean, that's a ready-made thing. I yeah. usually do, like, on my Facebook statuses, my Facebook statuses usually have this thing where I do things on a particular day. But yeah. uh, when I, like, for example, when I did the Indian Arrival Day thing, I didn't actually approach Indian Arrival Day. I told a story. Yeah. I talked about my great-grandfather coming to Trinidad because he felt fed up with living in India where people were judging for eating pork. And that is the reason why he came to Trinidad. And my entire family will tell you the same story because that's a story that's been passed down from generation to generation. And that's a story. It tells a story. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's compelling, too. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and your grandfather, because yeah, he and I you know, have a lot in common. We both love pork. Yeah? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice that, pork, that's man. that's yeah. there's a commonality. You create a you create a commonality between yourself and the other right. individual, right? right? That's storytelling, Got right? Got it. Got it. Got it. Right. So Got we don't want to we don't want to spend too long. This has been great. We don't want to just we, we like this how this discussion is great and. Your book? Oh, um, yes, of course. But, but one of the things that I I wanna I wanna reiterate is is that I'm not asking for ad agencies to just suddenly start doing ads like they did in the fifties. That that's not that's no, that's it's, it's not, not, not important. <laughs> what I'm saying is is that we need to we, we really need. I think I think ad agencies being in the position that they are right now. And people who want to start calling themselves ad agencies because they, they can't do events anymore, they start calling themselves agencies. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you need to understand what it is that you, you want to do. If, if you want to own something that the competition doesn't own, own this long form thing. Take it, own it, sell it as something that you are good at. You can you can create an agency around that because I don't see anybody doing that here. I it's see everybody running to go and do Facebook social media for two hundred dollars. Give me two hundred dollars, <laughs> I will do six social media posts for you for the month. That yeah. that is that is not the market we want to be in. We want to be in the market where the where a company tells you we want we want you to get people to sign up. For this and buy and, and subscribe to buying our product or whatever, and we need to figure out a way of doing that. And that's money in the bank. And that's the reason why I wanted to talk about this, is because I think if an ad agency person is listening to this, you know, I think you need to sit down really seriously and realize what maybe one day I just stop doing social media. What if I just stop doing social media for one day and see what happens? See what happens. Or, or let me try doing this instead. Let me try doing just more blogging instead and stop doing the, li- the, the, the short form thing. What, what's going to happen? But we're so afraid. We're afraid. We're very, very much afraid of bucking the system and changing it, whatever. We know. Yep. We it's, it's, That's more of a cultural thing, isn't it? That's more of a cultural thing. Cultural no, thing. no, I think it's because Trinidadians generally go with the flow. They go yeah. with the direction everybody else is going because if everybody go in there, then it had to be right, right? Yeah. But the thing is, going against the green tends to get your strange stairs now. I mean, it might work. In fact, you might have 
viable reasons for going against the grain. But uh, those viable reasons are, as Jared said, it's a cultural thing. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be the one man standing inside your room with the picket in, with, with, with the cardboard sign in his hand protesting X, Y, and Z because yeah. uh, it goes against the grain. Jared goes to the side of the road and put a lot of placard. And there's no. I, I tried that once. The end it is nice. <laughs> I tried that it, it once. Doesn't well. It doesn't end well. It doesn't end. It didn't end well at all. It's just really wearing a barrel, and 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 I just don't want to talk about it anymore because <laughs> you love it. This is a great just, they would just throw, throw tomatoes and 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 banana peels at you as opposed to bullets. But that's another story for another time. But that's, that's not that important, important right now. Right? It's not important right now. <laughs> All right, so I wanna. I just want to say thank you for Jason for joining us. No problem. Yes, Jason. Uh, of course, thank it's you been fun. It is fun. Yeah, we have Jason okay. back again. Um, I think the next episode we want to really get into. We want to get into a little more agency life stories. So I think I'll ask um, somebody else who's who we know. I haven't figured out which one of our friends who go to the agency. Do, do what you did with me and check the comments. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that was also the one who said, you know, Ollie was being too long with your podcast. And now we've gone completely over the point of the, you know, anyway. The um, point so, of no return. Right. So this one has been very long, but I think I think people have got, I hope you all got some stuff out of it. Those of who are listening, please, uh, of course, share with your friends. Um Tell your friends, especially those working within the industry, please, you know, share us around. You know, yes, like, like, to to comment. like, share, and subscribe. Uh, yes. Like, share, like, share, subscribe, share, discuss, and subscribe. Focus. Yeah. Blah, blah. Um, I am going to start putting some of these things up on YouTube eventually so that people are not going to be like, oh, you know, YouTube. You Listen. might need some fancy graphics to go with it. Yeah, I'm just saying. I love the Nice but, colors. Yeah. I love but, it. But, 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 what, I, what I would like, I would like Pastel. people to make comments. I, need to, I would like to get some feedback from a lot of people. And the more comments we get, the more feedback we get, the better we are. We know the production levels can be a lot better. Yes. They suck. What's this, what's this guy's name who keeps saying we sound like ham radio? <laughs> um, can, oh, it's Ham Radio with Ian and Jared. No problem. Break a breaker. That's a 10 for yeah, buddy. <laughs> hey, Ham Radio. Pork! Pork! Yes! More <laughs> pork. Yes, 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 yes. What, More what's pork. that? What's that, Jared? Pork? Well, it's, 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 it's a meat product that comes, that comes from a pig, and it's something that we enjoy every Christmas time, but that's not important that's right not now. That's not important right now. All right, guys. Thank you so much.